Hey everybody, welcome to the Full Frame uh, Podcast. You just oh. uh, just uh, take, stop and take it from the top one more time. Okay, okay, you ready? Hey guys, welcome to the Full Frame Podcast. This week I had the pleasure of sitting down and joining New York City indie filmmaker Elias Plagianos in his car on his way to work. It was a first for the Full Frame Podcast where I just joined him on his commute hooked up some microphones and we just had a nice leisurely chat while we were driving. Um, It was great. We talked about the indie film scene in New York and his experience there, college, all sorts of good stuff. So give it a listen. Elias, how are you, man? Doing good, amigo. Good. Well, thank you for letting me uh, commandeer your commute a little bit. I appreciate you. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Lending your car oh, yeah, to our the, conversation. Is this the most luxurious studio that you've ever fil- um, recorded in? You know, I think it is. And yeah. and it may, you know, it's funny. I'm hoping that the quality of the audio is going to be such that people won't even be able to tell oh, that, yeah. we're, that we're just driving to your work right now. In motion, yeah. So Sweet. from from the upper, uh, we should, you know, describe our surroundings. We're, we're all the way the upper, upper part of Manhattan, yes. Washington Heights. Uh, so my commute involves I go over the George Washington Bridge, uh-huh. down your neighborhood, right, all the way through Manhattan to good old Red Hook, Brooklyn. Red so, Hook, Brooklyn. So yeah. how long does it usually take you? Uh, you know, on a good day, on like a normal day, it's like an hour and change. Uh, but like on weekends like this, it could be like two hours. It's raining. Mm-hmm. Way more. So. Way more? Yeah. Way um, more. So for, for people, this is the first for uh, the Full Frame <laughs> Podcast, which I love. Um, and and the Zach and Zach podcast, which is our old iteration of the podcast, um, but uh, we are affectionately calling this filmmakers in cars. I not guess having coffee. not really having coffee, and um, we we're just chatting um, on the way to uh, Elias's workplace. Um, this is where he ca- he uh, has made time for us to to chat. So I need to ask you a very personal question. Please. What happened to the other Zach? Was was there a falling out? No, um, no, no. <laughs> we made a film together, and we just yeah, decided just not to. Did it work out <laughs> right? No. Um. Uh. He's uh one of my oldest friends. Uh, and um, we both started the the original podcast together while we were just out of college, living together, and um. Then I moved, so um, it became difficult for the both of us to get in the same room. Right. And as I, w- w- you know, I came up to New York, and he's uh, in the D.C. area still doing film, and um, he wanted to keep the podcast kind of local, and I kind of wanted to like branch and like make contacts up here. So um, we kind of split, and so for a little while it was still Zach and Zach. But it was one week he did one, and then one week I did one. Right. And then that kind of, like, very slowly, like, petered out. Right. So, I mean, that kind of sounds more like Zach or Zach. Not, <laughs> not Zach and Zach. We should have just switched the title. Because it that is kind of what we're doing now. Is uh, We just said, like, hey, this way, we're only, each of us is only on the hook for two episodes a month. Smart. Not four. So, right. like, it's a little bit more manageable this way. And um, we can kind of like two-hand it, and right. um, it makes more sense. And also, we can explore the scene that we're both in, which is like we're plugged in, like we're on the ground, and we can talk to people that we have made contacts with. Right, right. Um, Speaking of scene, the, the, that's where we met. That's years right. Years ago at yes. the um, Southeast New England Film Festival, right? We, we, yes, which, funny enough, is not in New York, but is in right. 
uh, province, Rhode yeah, Island. which is a great town, and it's a great festival, and it's like one of those festivals where, you know, you go and people are just nice enough to go. Yeah, I made this thing. Let's just like go get a drink. And, like, right. Yeah, yeah. Which is not the case for all festivals. Yeah. So I mean, th- that's a good one because that. Um, I've been going to that for many years, and then um, it eventually got on the Movie Maker Top 50 list, which is a very big deal. Oh, cool. And, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, Phil is great, and uh, Don, I think, is, Don yeah, is great. Yeah, is great, too. So um, um, so I was there with my um, TV pilot, Shoot Me Nicely. Yes. And you guys were there with... So um, our um, other mutual friend slash old roommate, uh, Henry Leaker, was there with the script uh, called Switchman. Okay. Which uh, I think won their best short screenplay. Oh, great! That year, and uh, I had only heard good things about. I think uh, Henry Henry had gone the previous year, and met um, a, a few other people, um, including uh, Lucas Hassel, who oh, was yeah. on the old podcast, and also is in Shoot Me Nicely. Yeah, yeah. Lucas is a, a great friend. Um, he always reads all my scripts. He always. Tears them to shreds, yeah. and uh, but in the, it's, in the it's best super way helpful. possible. No, he's very mean with me in the worst <laughs> way possible. He like you know yells at me. Yeah, it's very hard. No, but he's uh, great. He's he's one of those guys that um, if you send him a script, like he will actually read it and he'll give you thorough notes. Like if you send me a script, like I will not read it. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So good to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so so let's um, like start Reset. at the beginning. No, no, I like this. I like the kind of like let's hit record uh, finally. Let's like get the thing going. Right. Um, so uh, tell me, um, I, I, I want to know like um, kind of your first foray into filmmaking, um, and uh, kind of where you're from, and uh, and tell me the whole like the back, the origin story, the ju- the journey of Elias Plagianos. Well, I came from a planet far away called Krypton, and um, so you got I, the Clark Kent. Thing I going got the on. Clark Kent hair <laughs> and the glasses. Right, I like to pretend. Um, so uh, filmmaking uh, is something that sort of came to me uh, in in a weird way. In that, mm-hmm. um, I started out when I was in high school. Me and my friends, we had something called a public access show. See, I'm I'm old. I'm 40, so we didn't have the YouTubes when I w- was a kid. <laughs> Um, and the only way to do your own stuff and have people see it was to like, um, they will show anything. So as long as you give them a half hour VHS tape, they would show it. Wow. Um, so <laughs> we had like a sketch comedy show. It was called uh, Fried Cheese and um, it's, it was horrible. But <laughs> it, um, I always wanted to be like in front of the camera, I was in theater. And then when I started doing that, like I, I really started to enjoy the other aspects of it, like the writing of it and um, you know the um, editing of it. And and back then we only had I had to edit on two VHS, like you know, uh, players. So it was the most challenging thing. Just tape, to tape. Just yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, uh, so when you learn in that way you start to see the process like in a different way mm-hmm. and it has been so extremely helpful for me as an uh, independent filmmaker because like you just l- learn exactly what you need and you don't shoot too much mm-hmm. and so yeah so that's how um, I started and then um, 
I went to school uh, in uh, Mary, um, Marymount uh, for like a semester, it didn't really click, and then my high school teacher became a professor at this college called Ramapo College. Okay. And it was a brand new program, and they had all these facilities and nobody was using it. Wow. So I was like, I'm so in, and I was just in those rooms like 24-7 making movies and TV shows, and I was head of the um, campus TV channel, and um, yeah, and then um, from there I did uh, corporate work and short films, and uh, finally I did my first feature film about 10 years ago called The Crimson Mask. Uh, and uh, it won a lot of awards. Uh, it got worldwide distribution. It was on Netflix back when Netflix send uh, like sent out you know videos like. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and um, since then I've made more short films. I've done TV shows, a few pilots. Uh, few, few pilots. Cool. Yeah. So th that's me, Zach. I want to go back. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you, it was it was quicker. Informative than, and and very informative. No, um, I would like to go back to first to Marymount. Yes. Which it, it's in Maryland. No, it's here. It's, it's on. Here. Uh, yeah. There's it, like four Marymounts. Uh, right. 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 <laughs> well, it was um, an all girl school for many years. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the, so the girl to went. guy ratio was so good. I was sure. like, I'm definitely gonna <laughs> find someone. So, um, yeah. And, and did they have, like, did you go there because they had a film program? Were you looking to get into that? Or? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, they had a film program, and honestly, it's, it was, like, really bad. Like, I thought it was much better, and, I mean, they're much more of, like, a theater school. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just did not work, so, yeah. But you said you did theater in high school. I did, I did, yeah, yeah. Do you find it, like theater led you to film I guess oh, oh yeah no 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 not at all I think I just did it because um, it was like a creative thing you know okay. to do um, and uh, I mean I never I never really liked acting like I, I like to just be myself so I mean it was just weird uh, <laughs> uh, but I did really enjoy the creative process and you know learning how to um, the language of actors like and mm -hmm. um yeah, and I, but like you know, I was young, so yeah, and I wasn't very good, so. Yeah. But you, everybody's got to, you know, the only way you get better at directing is to direct. So. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, yeah, I think um, that's really cool. And then um, moving into back to like university, right. you went to a Ramapo. It's in Ramapo. New Jersey. New yeah. Jersey, and right. um, and they had like an infancy program. Did you ever feel like they were? Kind of like using you as a guinea pig for like curriculum. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, for sure. Did you just kind of like make films apropos of nothing? Did you like just find yourself going? I just want to do this. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Like the the professors there were. I mean, they're they're very nice. And I know now. I I just want to be clear. Now they have an excellent film sure. program. I mean, this was a long time ago, but uh, like the film teacher for narrative. Did documentaries and like I mean and uh, they were building they, they were building yeah, yeah. right and and I did not like school anyway so to have <laughs> like you know they would really let me do whatever I wanted to and a lot of the teachers didn't even know how to use the equipment because this was over the transition right so um, we they didn't have any film and they had all this new video you know products mm -hmm. um, and I was like the only one in the whole school <laughs> who knew how to 
use this stuff. And you knew it because of the stuff in high school? Right, right, right. Yeah. So the, what was the learning curve like, um, and what was it like to have suddenly access to all of this stuff? Man, it was, it was like a total dream, because even in high school, I would always uh, sneak into the TV studio. We, we like, you know, had that also. We, we had like little, like, you know, news, you know, thing. Yeah. Um, so I was always getting trouble for, um, you know, sneaking in there. And now it was like encouraged. It was like, wow, you're always in this room. Like, if anyone wanted to ever f f find me, I was always m making a movie, a show, or so. It was ha having that free reign was, I mean, amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, what kinds of things were you starting to experiment with in college? Like, did you just kind of throw the camera on your shoulder and just go shoot your friends? Or what, what kind of things were you doing? Um, yeah, so again, I was doing, I, I did like a, like a game show. Okay. <laughs> um, did but, you bring back any of the fried cheese stuff? Yeah, the uh, sketch <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah, right, right. But um, then, like, you know, I started uh, to really get into film study and, uh, like, you know, the French New Wave, like, you know, all these things that you just, like, you know, learn. And um, I could experiment and I could see what worked. And, man, there is nobody on this planet who has made more terrible films than me. <laughs> I mean, if you see my early stuff, it is completely unwatchable. But then... Uh, this was also around the time that DVDs were new, mm -hmm. and I feel like my real film school was listening to audio commentaries mm -hmm. from filmmakers who, it was like you're sitting in their class and you were learning like why they did certain things and how they did certain things, and I remember... Um, like listening to like John Woo and Sam Raimi and Robert Rodriguez and all these like real indie auteurs. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, uh, and uh, Steven Soderbergh. And I mean, it was like a great time. Like the late 90s, early 2000s was like, I mean, one of the best periods of time for um, uh, indie film, I think. So mm -hmm. I, um, th that's how I l learned a lot. And then I'd like, you know, try what they were trying and I learned what worked and, you know. Did you... Just off the top of your head, yeah. can you think of any that were like particularly informative that you have watched again and again and again? Uh, commentaries? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I would say you guys should all listen to Robert Rodriguez's uh, commentaries for um, um, El Mariachi from Dust Till Dawn, I think he did, uh, Desperado. Um, I mean, you know, he has so many tricks, um, and Sam Raimi's um, Evil Dead ones are great. Um, yeah, uh, John Woo, the the killer, was like a really great one too, so yeah. I was just curious about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I like listening to audio commentaries. Yeah. Um, I wish they came in podcast form. Totally, yeah. So you can just drive and listen, right? Because once you've heard or seen the film, you're like, oh, I, I, I can put together these parts of the, you know, and some things wouldn't translate, but it'd still be awesome for yeah. me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, somebody should do that. Right. <laughs> um, so we're, uh, just to yeah, give you guys, like, a, a location, we're at 106 and Broadway. We just passed my favorite pizza place in New York City. Oh. It's called Cornette's. Uh, it's on 116, 114, somewhere there. Um, and Broadway. It, yes. And it has the largest slice of pizza in New York City, which, yeah, m maybe we could loop around that after that. <laughs> my, my wife and I have so much love for Rizzo's on the Lower East Side. I don't know if you've been there before. Okay. It's incredible. 
Yeah. And also they have these really amazing like spicy garlic knots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are to die for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so while you were in college, sorry, I know I'm I'm digging deep No worries. This yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Um was there a particular film where you think you uh transcended where you think like yes, I'm a filmmaker? Oh, yeah. Um well, so I did this this is actually a funny story, man. I haven't thought about this in a long time. Awesome. This is this is why this is so much fun. <laughs> so I was such a fan of action movies, like foreign ones, like the French ones, the the Hong Kong ones, uh, and uh, my first real movie, my like thesis film, was called uh, One Hundred Bullets, and it was like <laughs> it was like a total John Woo knockoff thing, um, and um, we there they had just made the first streaming video platform, mm-hmm. and it was called uh, EarthNoise.com. And um, I put my film up on there, and it became the highest rated, the the most viewed, highest rated film on the internet. Uh, I think it was like 1998. Whoa. So yeah, yeah. But I mean, again, there was like I don't know, like like you know, 30 views or something, right? Because uh, I mean, nobody like the streaming quality was terrible. No one had high speed internet. I mean, it was. <laughs> So, it's like when you click on YouTube, it's like 1080, 720, 480, and then it's like two. Right, like a frowny face. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was like, I mean, listen, it was like all my friends from high school. Um, but I think when we screened it at school, everyone was super impressed because like it felt like a real movie. Like mm-hmm. there was like a shootout and a car chase and um, we had like, you know, smoke and I used all these editing tricks and... Um, you know, I, I felt then like at least like, I felt like I know how to do this. And, um, you know, I really enjoy making films with like a small crew still. Like I, I don't like these big productions because I feel like it's anti creative and, and that I learned, you know, very then, cool. Yeah. So what was the plot of hundred points? Oh man. I think it was this guy, <laughs> it was a lot like an assassin story where like, this uh to oh no no so it's actually wow this is crazy it's a lot like my feature film which is uh <laughs> you know there's two guys who are heavily in debt mm-hmm. and um they uh the way they get out of it is there's like a gangster or something who says um if you kill the other person uh you will be free of your debt so yeah, so that was. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a great plot for an action film. Actually. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so are you still watching those kinds of like the foreign action films a lot? No, you still I find f- I feel like what happened, man, is like so many people stole that style mm-hmm. and like made it like a watered down version mm-hmm. that it just became super cheesy. Like I mean, like John Woo's you know slow motion scenes were like so operatic and wonderful but then you started to see it in like a Jerry Bruckheimer film and which was like listen I love those too but you know when you see something so much and it's kind of aped so much it sort of loses its value Um, and now it just feels old like it feels like 90s you know yeah it becomes the normal that you're seeing every week right yeah I get that yeah Um, was it wasn't the last action film you made though 
Uh, well, the my feature film like had a very similar plot. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, we had like two guys fight with swords, though it wasn't like a shootout. I love so that. yeah, so that was the last kind of action. But I've I think I lean now more towards um, doing either film noirs or comedies like sort of like I like switch off I do something serious I do something funny I do something serious I do something mm -hmm. funny yeah so um, moving forward from 100 bullets yeah did you ever uh, go into like non-linear editing while you were in college um, or was it still kind of take I did I did I, I had the first version of Premiere mm -hmm. and uh, the first computer that could really run it was I remember it was like a Sony Vio mm -hmm. And uh, we had to use, um, what was it called, was it lightning something? I forget what it's called, but there was like a special connection where you could finally get pure digital signal from a tape onto your computer. Is it right. the FireWire? FireWire, That's yes, okay. there you go, yes, right. <laughs> Found a FireWire on my desk the other day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, very cool, yeah, I remember, and all the like kind of, was it mini DV tapes? Yes, that, right, yeah. yeah. That was all the stuff we had in college. Right, um, right. But, uh, oh, and we're past, just as an up, another update, Yes. 83rd, they're shooting something. Yeah, should we ask them? Yeah. Catch a glimpse. <laughs> I was trying to see the signs usually say. Right. Um, on 83rd and Broadway. Um, yeah, there's always something, that's one thing that's changed a lot too, there's always something shooting in New York City, and I mean, it's just an amazing place to film. Yeah, so, um, where you went to school and then yeah. your transition to the city, yeah, yeah. Was there ever a conversation of like, or like a dialogue in your head of like, maybe I'll go west, or maybe I'll just stay in New York? Or? Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I mean, I'm not a Hollywood guy. Like, sure. I I feel like it's so easy to get wrapped up in that world. Mm -hmm. um, and I I'm I mean, listen, my whole you know, my friends are here, my family's here. I'm like a New York guy. I'm, I'm like a family guy. So yeah, it was it was like an option for like a second. Um, I don't know if things would have gone another way had I, you know, left. Um, but no, I've I've always been a New York independent filmmaker. So yeah, and I love I'm kind of proud of that. That's cool. the only film I've ever shot outside of New York City is when I shot my short in uh, Cuba. So that was it. Whoa, cool. Yeah. Um, I'd love to talk about that. Yeah. Um. So so when what was your first like? few days in the city like when you first moved down here did you move back home or did you just find your own place or? um yeah I, do, I mean those are hazy days man I was like <laughs> early 20s a long time ago I mean um yeah I mean it was I, you know living in the city then was fun it was safe it was a lot safer than I knew when I was younger it was like a scary place and uh you know Times Square was all of a sudden, you know, bright lights and you could go see movies again there. And um, yeah, it was, I mean, listen, it was a really fun place. I feel like a lot of people came to the city at that time because there were these TV shows out like Felicity mm -hmm. and um, Friends and like, you know, so there was this kind of influx of like early 20s people. So it was a, a really great, it was this kind of switch over from these sort of big nightclubs to lounges and you know mm -hmm. yeah so yeah no it was it was like you know cool and it was a great place to network and meet artists and um, meet great actors like you could go to a reading and see this amazing actor who was on a TV show who then you could go walk up to and you know ask them if they'd want to work on something and you hand them your script so um, it was you know fun very cool yeah. um, what did you do 
first? Did you find a job, um, like at a TV station? Or did I you... did uh, corporate video work, okay. um, which I mean, I, I still like you know uh, do. It's like um, mm -hmm. a very lucrative way um, to kind of use my skills and um, you know um, have something stable. So yeah, totally. Yeah, um, and and then like you know that gives you the freedom to like. Um, own equipment and use that equipment creatively. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a good like, especially if you can remain freelance and just kind of go. No, I can't work this week. I'm shooting something. Right. You know, that's yep. it's the perfect way to do it. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Do you remember the first thing you made after getting to the city? Jeez, uh, what was the first project? Did I did a TV show? Um, called Around in 80 where um, the uh, the TV pilot was um, there was like a really interesting independent music scene you know going on um, at that time um, you know this is again before streaming and so um, it was it was hard to find good music um, so we our first episode we went to Reykjavik Iceland and um, cool. that was like a really amazing experience um, I went there because I was a fan of Bjork, and it just happened she was on my plane when I w went there. No yeah, so th this is a great story that yeah. I I do not share a lot, but I will share with Zach, and I and I would also sh share it with the other Zach. Here, but he's <laughs> Maybe not, yeah. we don't know. Maybe yeah yeah. Can neither be confirmed. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, we're on the plane, and I mean I'm there to shoot a music documentary, mm -hmm. and she's just ahead of me online. And I'm like, man, am I gonna be that jerk like who like interrupts her? It looks like she was with her kid too. She had like she had like a stroller. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna give it a shot. What's the worst thing that could happen? She'll say no, right? Or just, you know, pretend I don't exist. Um, but what really happened was I walk over, she gave me like the nastiest look I've ever gotten by a person ever. And then she was talking to her little baby, and I was like, I'm so sorry, I, un I understand. That was, you know, kind of messed up in me. And I looked down, and it's a rubber baby. It's a fucking fake baby. What? <laughs> that I don't know if she used it, so people like me would not walk up to her, oh but God. yeah. So that's my, that's my story there, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't get her for the doctor. I did not get her. <laughs> and if this was a time again where there were cell phones, I would have definitely like, you know, videotaped that whole thing because it was bananas. And then you saw her like the whole flight, like she was holding it and, you know, talking to it. And then she was on the... Um, was she practicing? Does I don't know. I, yeah, she has kids. So, and I think she'd recently, I don't know what, what happened there. That's man, interesting. But, yeah. Um, so. Well... <laughs> Breaking news, it's everybody! A great story. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, do you did you get to travel for any of the other episodes? Uh, no, no, no. Like you know, that's one of those things, man. You just work on a lot of projects, and mm -hmm. you know, some of them go, some of them don't. Usually, they don't. I mean, I can't tell you. I'm sure you have this also. How many scripts you work on? And how much development money is spent on things that no one will ever see ever, <laughs> and it is heartbreaking. And it's it's honestly like one of the reasons why I think it's very hard to work in this world is that you put your like heart and soul in these projects and nobody gets to see it so um yeah no i told sorry i got distracted yeah by yeah, yeah the, by, by the this. construction girl uh, yeah oh girl oh zach is your <laughs> is your wife listening she is let's Maybe. edit this out see. Sexy uh, construction ladies. Street, so much construction going yeah on. we are uh we're coming up to lincoln center 
getting close. Where one of the first like mega movie theaters was. Like mm -hmm. when I was um, younger, this um, this uh, Lincoln Center um, AMC here. Yeah, so it's we're, we're right here. The yes. AMC Lincoln Square was like, like they would have all the movie premieres here. And years ago, there was a Tower Records like right there. And, gone. and there was a Barnes and Noble which might be here still. No, it's not. It's okay. Not. So this was like the hub of this. Oh, and there was a, a Virgin Records here as well. Mm -hmm. So this was like a kind of hub of movies, books, and film. And so there's Lincoln cool. Center, and you know, it was it was like where you would go to get all your stuff. That's cool. Yeah, and I lived on uh, 72 and Broadway for oh, years so and years. You could just walk. Just walk down. right down. Yeah, I love that. We're always down here. I was gonna say there's definitely not a Tower Records, definitely not a Barnes Noble, but I would miss those things. Yeah. Had I known that they were here. Oh yeah. I miss like choosing music and movies based solely on the cover art. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like, you know it's like, like oh this. Or yeah. maybe like you heard like one of the singles. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. That that's so foreign now. Right. It's crazy. You can just listen to the whole thing. Right. And when, when, and I don't know that like f full like artist albums do this at all, but feature film like scores will do this thing now where they'll release like maybe 15 seconds of every track. Have you seen that? No. What is this? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They did it like before, like before they did before like Man of Steel. Okay. And they did like Hans Zimmer's like oh, man, that score is amazing. It's the amazing. best. It's one of the best contemporary score. Absolutely. In my opinion. Yeah. And um, and I mean it eclipses the film. Like the score is so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the um, score is is beautiful. I'm also a fan, and I'm like a I'm like a superhero nerd, and I'm like one of the only people who like a Man of Steel. So. I. I like that movie a lot too. Yeah. I still think the the score is better. Agree. But, um, <laughs> yes, but fair I, enough. I do like the movie. Right. Um, no, I could I could talk about I could talk about superhero movies all day. Okay. Um, I'm and kind that's of our like Zach the, and Elias <laughs> podcast. Is that a new one? Where like just a, like pick me up on the way to work. Yeah, yeah. We'll just day. talk superheroes. <laughs> you won't get any work done on the way to work. Right, right, right. We'll just talk about superhero movies. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. Sir, since we're yeah. here, super side tangent. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite, um, I guess, e either MCU or DC movie that, of the last, like, ten years? Well, loaded question. I'm, I'm, I mean, so the Batman films by Nolan are extremely amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, like, I've always wanted to make a Batman movie, and, like, when mm -hmm. I saw the first one that he made, I was like, well... He did it. Like, I mean, that's I could never do anything like that. That was fucking perfect. But recently, my sons and I watch, like, every other day, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Great movie. And for me, that film, I think, changed the game. I mean, in terms of filmmaking, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of storytelling, in, in terms of, like, really making a comic book come to life, mm -hmm. it's a film that I love and my kids love. Um, so if you were to ask me now like what my favorite superhero film is, it would be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because I think it just transcends so many things and I think that everyone's gotta watch that film. Great. Uh, did, did you like that one? Or? I love Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, also like growing up, um, I was like this early, a product of the early 90s, so like my two 
go-tos are Spider-Man and Batman because they both had incredible animated series right. in the early 90s. Yep. And so that's, like, those are my Saturday morning cartoons. Right. Um, and uh, so the fact that... And, and, and now it seems like a convenient... Like, I like Spider-Man and Batman. It's like, yes, they're the objectively the two biggest heroes for both like DC and Marvel yeah I think in, in contemporary terms like right. the amount of films that have been made of theirs etc etc yep um, but I think I've always just had a special place in my heart for each of them yeah and I think it, it couldn't be a better couple of years to be a Spider-Man fan because it was like oh yeah uh, it was Homecoming came out and then immediately after it was like Infinity War and then it was I mean even if you didn't like Venom and I'm not a huge fan but Venom came out right. and it was like um, Spider-Verse and you know Endgame and now it's Far From Home and right. there's just been so much content and the, the PS4 game which if you're uh, man I have a Switch you know awesome. but I mean I would I would love to play that game it looks amazing it's the reason I bought a Playstation 4 Awesome. Sorry for the tangent. Um, I just had to ask while well, 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 I had Oh, to. And, and here we're in front of the famous Seinfeld soup Nazi kitchen. Indeed. It's yeah. the soup kitchen. The, the original soup, soup The original soup I've kitchen. never eaten here. I've passed it. I used to work down the street. So yeah. I passed it. Wait, where? At, uh... I used to work um, at 56 and 6th. Okay. At uh, iHeartRadio. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. There is a uh, production house here that um, did the... Uh, Post on my my one of my short films. What was it called? Uh, it was called uh, Redskins Revenge. It was like a a joke zombie movie, cool. and like you know, uh, it was meant to be like a um, Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman thing. Mm-hmm. So like, um, it would not fl- fly now because like it was about um, like Native American zombies. <laughs> So let's just leave that on the... Uh, sure. Yeah. You know, I have a, a, an adjacent question. Okay. Have you kind of dabbled in um, every genre or like most genres? Yeah. Yes. What... Um, and, and so that kind of narrowed to, um, as you say, like I'll do like a serious one and then I'll do like a comedy. Right. Um, so is that because you've had a chance to kind of express yourself in other ways or because you're like, ah, maybe I'm not the most effective with horror or right. et cetera, et cetera. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, sure. Well, so um, I always get made fun of because, uh, or m- my friends, I like, they say like, who's your, f- who's your like filmmaking hero or like, who do you want to be like? Mm-hmm. And I always say like, the guy I most want to be like is Ron Howard. Okay. And the reason is, is because if you look at this guy's IMDb, he has done amazing films in every single genre. And, I mean, um, you know, they're all good. Yeah, so kind of going back a little bit um, and continuing the, the narrative. Right. Um, was there a specific project after you got back to the city, or after you got to the city after college, that was particularly informative or that you learned a lot from or was it a cumulative like um, from lots of different projects you learned things um yeah that's a good question man I think um I think that every time I think the one the biggest thing you learn is like when you work in video first you kind of are a one man band right like you kind of do a lot of the work yourself um 
and then when you get on a bigger set like I did on my on my feature you realize that the experience of just being on a set is extremely valuable and it's something that I wish I had done earlier but I wanted to be this like auteur Rodriguez style you know <laughs> filmmaker but like just knowing how to run a set knowing the language knowing like what things are called like I mean I didn't know what a gaffer was and for those of you who don't it's just the, the lighting guy you know essentially right. or the um, electric and um, you I didn't know what a grip was and a grip was like you know the guy who you know puts the things up for that you know gaffer so um, I think that uh, yeah so I just wish I had done that more than you know do all my projects myself that being said um, when you know all the jobs on set, you're able to do a lot more for a lot less because you know how much crew you need, you know if things will work out or not. Like I see, like we just saw these tremendous trailers um, making some huge film and I could guarantee you that they probably, out of those four trucks, they need one. But they just bring everything there, right? They just bring, so um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's camera carts and there's props trucks and there's, right. you know, everything. Right. Yeah, and, and, and my um, my experience on real sets was very informative. I've done a lot of, like, little, like, projects where I'm assistant directing and I all of my skills come from being a PA on actual, like, union productions. Right. But uh, I didn't learn a single damn thing about directing being creative right right so um for me it's like yes there's this infinite rabbit hole that you can go down of like jargon like, right 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 um, yeah what is this what is that yeah um but uh at the same time like you you learn to make films by making films if you're not just doing it even if it is corporate and you're learning how to work with the new camera this or that whatever right. then i just don't think you're ever gonna like you know, work that muscle. Right. Um, there's no, uh, there's nothing wrong with just like wanting to make movies and being a crew member. Sure. Power to those people. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I could not be one of those people. Right, right. Um, but uh, I, I really have nothing but admiration for them because they do, they just get to make movies for a living. Yep, yep. Which is awesome. Right. And, um, and when they're on set, I found like, so like you and I, uh, when you write and direct your own project, like you, you do one a year, like one every other year, like you know maybe if you're lucky, mm -hmm. and like these guys, whether you're an actor, whether you're a crew member, um, you know they do this all the time. And I see directors who get on set and like don't listen to their actors and their crew, and it's like listen, like these guys might have been in this spot before that you have not been in, so why don't you just listen? And um, so I think like. You know, up until my first feature film, everything was just nonsensical practice, right? Okay. Like, I know, so so when I did The Crimson Mask is when I think I really learned how to be a filmmaker. It was like my, that was my real film school, um, like, for real. And um, when I was on set, what I realized was um, I was so lucky to have gotten uh, this actor, Robert Clohesse, um, who's now on uh, Blue Bloods, and he played the lead. And... He really taught me how to direct actors for film. Cool. Which is, you know, just 
don't over direct like I think when you're a director you just you know want to feel like you're doing so much that you like are in these actors faces and and it kind of affects their performance and then they're like sometimes insecure or they they're too much in their head and they're not present um and the thing I learned from him the most is like don't give actors on set like emotional direction really just give them logical things like you know if if they're at a table um you know just make sure like if the coffee is hot say hey like that's hot like you might want to sip that not you know chug that or you know did you put the sugar in there first like are you stirring it now um you know is the conversation in the area is that jarring to you or are you not paying attention so you know logical things right um and then uh, I, I also learned that being a good director uh, is just being a filter for good ideas. So you just surround yourself with like the best people possible um, and you listen and uh, you don't always take their you know, th- thoughts. I mean like you know, often you do not, but you, they have to trust that you are l- listening um, so that they will keep giving you thoughts. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah. That's great advice. Um, and uh, I guess a little bit of context for your first feature. Yeah. This is something you had written and directed. Right. So it was kind of like y- you were with it the whole way through. Right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. So bringing in those extra, like, voices can only help. And I think, like, if, if we're not listening to other people's ideas, like, you're just, like, operating in a vacuum. And I don't think any kind of film can work right. if it's not, on some level, collaborative. Right, right? yes. Agreed. Um, so, um, a little bit more context for the first feature. Yeah. Um, was this something that you raised money for? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, this was a period of time before streaming networks. Mm-hmm. And, and there were actual DVD sales. Blu-rays were fairly new. Um, so, we did some market research and, you know, we knew X, Y, Z. Um, so, I just, you know, I did the, the crazy stupid thing which is, you know, I put a lot of it on credit cards and, you yeah. know, I, I got people to help me out and donate money and uh, this was before Kickstarter, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, because I knew I was uh, I was 28 then and I always said, like, I had to make my first feature film by the time I was 30, right? That was, like, a, like a locked-in goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'd been working on the script for, like, years and years. We did readings, we did all these things. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we raised, I don't know, it's like a hundred and change. And for then that was like not a lot of money. Cause this was before you had the, the Canon 5D, right? Like these, um, we, the biggest like cinematic camera out then was the, uh, Panasonic DVX 100, which was like this kind of documentary camera, mm-hmm. and then they came out with the HVX, which was the kind of HD version of it. And uh, what we did is we used mirrors um, to put on uh, film camera lenses onto a video camera. I'm not sure if that was. Did you guys ever do that, or that was way um, before your I don't time, think, right? No, I don't think yeah. I've ever dabbled in that. Yeah, that was like, there was a window between uh, when the f- Canon came out and, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, and these, it looked really cinematic, but you had to sacrifice light. So, like, mm-hmm. we were shooting at, like, a 200 ISO, which, you know, was nothing, so, um, 
That's why. What was your uh, question? <laughs> Talking no, about no. all this nerd I, stuff. I, I, if you raise money for <laughs> oh, right, right, it, right, you yeah. got the project off the ground. Right, right. So, so the, the idea was to somehow take all my resources and all my um, ingenuity and all my friends and see if we could make something that looked and felt like a real movie um, for little to no money. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, listen, now I watch it and I just cringe like every other minute, like why did I do this? But there are certain scenes that really hold up um, and there's certain things about it that are, are quite special, I think. Um, and I think you could see where I'm at now by watching that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was an uh, it was a crazy process. We shot in warehouses in Brooklyn. We built the sets ourselves. Wow! I had my friends, my family, you know, crewing. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. It was the hottest summer ever. And oh, yeah, in those warehouses. Uh, oh yeah, the warehouses. Uh, and the other thing I learned is like you cannot make a movie without the love and support of uh, of an incredible group of people. And um, and if you don't have that, I think you know doing anything is a challenge so what um what was the schedule like did you guys shoot it on like weekends or did you just shoot it like did you just like take a few days off uh yeah right i just took off two weeks okay um and uh yeah we shot it we shot a feature uh i think it was actually over 10 days um that's crazy and uh we like yeah we did yeah we had we shot a sword fight in a church in midtown Awesome. And we were we were running so like there's all these little stories like we were running late and a guy got his head chopped off as the priest was knocking at the front door because he had his set up for Sunday you know mass and just all these insane stories um, but yeah yeah it was it was like a real indie film uh, experience kind of yeah thing. run and gun I love insanity that. yeah we could do a whole podcast on it oh, right 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 <laughs> yes I'm sure yeah. Um, uh, any other things from that, any other particular stories you recall from that that uh, would be either informative or just like fun anecdotes? Yeah, I think, you know, what's funny about making films is that um, I equate it uh, a little bit, very little, to uh, when my wife says she gave birth. It's like the most horrific, horrible, painful, <laughs> yet wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, that you have to forget in order to do it again. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you forget about just all these crazy moments because if you remembered everything, you would never m- make another movie totally. ever again because it's like now, the next project I'm working on, mm-hmm. uh, we got a grant from the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation to produce a TV pilot mm-hmm. um, based on, um, so uh, it, was a, it was a script contest. So um, whoever won the script, uh, we would produce this with this grant. Um, and uh, the winner is this really amazing script called Distempered, mm-hmm. or uh, D- D- uh, Distemper. And um, it is uh, about Louise Pierce, who is a uh, pioneer scientist. We're in uh, pre-pro for this next uh, project, and it's, it's the same things. It's like you know, having every penny stretched as far as you can. Like, we have um, a nice grant from the Sloan Foundation, but the the project takes place in 1918. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> normally people do this for millions and millions of dollars, and we're doing it for, like, tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. And, it again, though, like, all these 
skills I learned on the, you know, on these short films and the Crimson Mask, um, you know, I'm, I'm using now. So it's about, like, finding those right locations? Right, or? yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have access to picture cards? Is there any stuff on the street? Or that just seems like it would immediately, like, knock out all that money. Yeah, well, I think, you know, being in New York for so long is great because you have a lot of friends and you've just seen a lot of locations. And if you're a good person and you've always done right, then, you know, people are very eager to help you out because they know that you're making films for the right reason. Like, you know, we're not doing this for to make insane amounts of money, we're doing it to tell stories. Right. So um, we're shooting um, uh, like around Gramercy Park, that is like a 1918 feel. Cool. Um, there's a university locally that's being extremely generous, letting us shoot on their campus. So like, you know, things like that. Plus we have such a small crew, it's like they won't even know we're there. So, <laughs> you know, it does not matter. It's kind of like a bare bone, like skeleton crew. Yes, like, right. That's cool. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. Well, um, is there anything, um, th so th that was your first feature, you say. Right. Have you done others since? I mean, I've worked on some extremely uh, large projects um, that, as I was saying, like, you know, just never got made. Like, sure. uh, you spend years and years and all this money and these amazing actors that you've always wanted to work with and everyone's signed on. and. Then some guy drops out because their foreign sales value is not high enough because they made a bad movie, and then the whole project just collapses. Um, so, like after you know a lot of years of that, um, you know I realized that the only way to tell the stories you want to tell is to find ways to do them for as cheap as possible. So, you know you sort of don't need that big name foreign sales guy. You could just use great actors who are, you know, well-known, but just, you know, do not have that foreign sales, you know, cachet. Um, how did uh, Shoot Me Nicely come up? Um, yeah, so um, Netflix had, had just started doing their own shows, mm -hmm. and it seemed like a real opportunity for um, a uh, independent filmmaker who's an entrepreneur to kind of jump into this, you know, realm. Um, so... I just wrote this uh, script, um, you know, for that, and uh, my producing partner, uh, Craig Blair, who's been doing fi films with me since, like, my first, like, short film, um, happened to do a film with um, Linda Hamilton. Cool. And uh, she was saying how she's never had the opportunity to do anything funny, and he was like, listen, my partner, he just literally wrote this really funny thing and you know give it a read and if you like it I mean there's a great role here thinking not in a million years she, she would, would read ever it. read it let alone you know say yes mm -hmm. so she read it and she just like you know thought it was really cute I think um, the idea of doing something for a streaming network was um, appealing to her uh, yeah so that's how that came about and and because of that I've um, become heavily involved in this kind of independent TV world, and um, this year I'm the uh, head of programming uh, for the North Fork uh, TV Festival. Very cool. Um, which is this, you know, amazing festival in uh, Greenport, New York, where um, I was able to go out and find like the best um, independent TV shows out there now. Um, and the wonderful thing about this festival is, I mean, there's a lot of great 
TV festivals and film festivals, but ours is extremely special, I think, because we only show four shows. So each show gets like a real um, uh, focus and each show has a famous showrunner who is the moderator and, and, and will then go out and champion the show to try and get, get on, onto like a streaming, you know. Very cool. yeah. So each has been a, a produced pilot, right? Um, and those that are like currently being shopped or submitted to different festivals, right? That's great. Yeah, and and we have one uh, U.S. premiere, uh, this wonderful um, show called um, Ups and Downs, cool. uh, that I mean is like I think uh, could really be a um, you know great show. And then uh, the, we have a uh, Rainbow Ruthie that was like a really special show to me while watching it because it's about a kid who did public um, access shows. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. So it was right up my alley. And, and it's, yeah, and it's really great and I think it could, um, you know, w wind up on, you know, like a Showtime or an HBO. Uh, and then a show called um, Otis. Uh, that's a really great project by my friend uh, um, uh, Alexander and... Um, the last show is this uh, thriller called M by uh, this guy, um, uh, Javier. So, cool. all, all great shows. Anything related to M, the... No, not the, uh, no, not the uh, German, yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, the North Fork TV Festival, that's yes. awesome. When, when is that going on? Uh, that's October 4th and 5th in Greenport. You could um, go buy your VIP tickets now and join us out there, uh, northfork.tv. Cool, man. And you can also see, uh, we're going to premiere my uh, TV pilot there, uh, Distemper. So, awesome. <coughs> yeah. So when are you shooting Distemper? Shooting it in uh, two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> yeah, and we just got the script last month. Locked. Uh, yeah, right. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. So it is. Uh, it's really been an interesting experience, but it's fun, and there's really nothing more fun in this world than solving problems creatively and when you solve it it's like you just want to open up the windows and be like we did it yes and just give everyone a high five and be like how did we do this right. creatively it's amazing now let's make it right now let's make it that's easy yeah. um are you actually um how is it um directing something that you haven't actually written uh, so I did the uh, rewrite. Oh, you did. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, so the the winner of the script is um, uh, this kid Max Patagno, who um, is a scientist and uh, he's an amazing um, screenwriter. I think you know he's gonna go places for sure. Um, I did a um, like a uh, edit rewrite. Um, you know, mostly because it's um, a show in 1918 and we have to make it shootable. Mm -hmm. And also, um, if I'm going to direct something, I, I really need to have it be in my voice a little bit. Totally. Um, and I, I needed to really understand where these characters were coming from and, and who am I and what parts of myself are, are in these various characters. Um, so, yeah, I did the uh, rewrite, which, like, you know, added more my voice. Because, like we were saying, it's like, if there's not enough of you in this, it's like, why are you making it for? So I had to, you know, yeah. Um, very cool. And then what, uh, I know pre-production can kind of be like a, um, putting out fires, but also just like solving 10 problems at once. But like, right. if you could give like a current like state of where you guys are at. Yeah. Um, 
two weeks out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're two weeks out. We have two locations. Mm-hmm. We have two actors who have signed on. Um, you can either edit this out if something happens, but uh, one of them is the amazing um, Abigail Hawk from the show uh, Blue Bloods. We've been wanting to work for a long time. Cool. Um, she's fantastic. Uh, the other actor is... Uh, Jimmy um, Akingbole from um, the show Arrow. He's from the UK. Oh, yeah. um, he's amazing. Um, and there's a bunch of others that we're just locking down now. So th- that's there. We got our locations. Uh, we have our crew, which is you know mostly my you know friends again. And uh, yeah, we're just ready to rock and roll. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. So yeah. So m- moving forward. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about, like afterwards, or are you just full in on this? One? Oh, this mode. Well, like you know, as I said, we're always doing. Um, we have a lot of uh, feature films we might do, um, but uh, you know, working in this kind of um, independent TV space um, with the North Fork TV Festival, uh, we have like some really exciting things that are coming up where. I think we can um, join together this kind of um, independent filmmaking spirit with the more corporate networky TV world. And um, for me, like that's my main goal now is to kind of uh, work with the festival to uh, expand our reach in, in some really exciting new ways. And um, you know, once those things get locked in, I you know I'm more than happy to chat with you about it yeah that'd be great well um elias thanks so much man for for lending uh like half a commute i guess yeah yeah it's fair (laughs) enough yeah half a commute is great yeah and um yeah if if people want to go to to follow you are you on social media do you have a website yeah um you could follow me on instagram director nyc it's at director nyc um i'm on facebook um you must have snagged that one early man yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm I'm like one of the first people who has, or no, no, I'm one of the last people who has a two one two cell phone, which is big, and I'm also at director and YC. Those are my two claims to fame. That's awesome. So, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, please um, go on um, the North Fork TV website, uh, northfork.tv. Join us out there. Uh, follow our TV pilot, uh, Distemper, and. Uh, yeah, man, this was a lot of fun, and it was, you know, great to, to hang. I haven't seen you in a while, so yeah, it was awesome. Sure. Thanks again, man. I appreciate you joining me. Thanks. Hey, guys, just wanted to remind you that not only can you find the Full Frame Podcast on HMD's website, www.hmdfilms.com, but you can find us on Facebook, and most importantly, you can find us on iTunes, where we would really like if you could leave a review and subscribe. Thanks. Have a great week. Thanks.